welcome back. It's JC with the You Made New podcast in season three. We are diving in and we are building right where we left off. I'm I'm finding these are not going to be standalone episodes. Some of my other ones have been. But this season is feeling different to me. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but we are building. We're, we're making... Um, progress each one and and taking time to think through each one before we move on. So here's why I'm saying that. I hope you've been through the first two. Not just listen to them and hurried on to the next one, but taken the time not just to think about it, but pray, be very thoughtful, ponder, meditate, make this personal. So I hope that's where you're at as you turn on this podcast today. You've done some time what we talked some time doing what we talked about in the last episode, which is examining your own heart. What are the reasons? What are the things that have driven you to food? Where's it come from? I'm actually hoping that the Lord may have brought up some thoughts that you had not seen in yourself before. Maybe saw helped you make some connections that you hadn't quite seen before. If not, it's fine. Don't stress about it. This is a discovery process. And sometimes you have to get farther in before you can really have those aha moments. So it's okay. Like, let's, let's not have any expectations. I just want you to, at this point, really to have given it some thought about what food is meant to you. Now, the reason I say that is because it's funny when we were talking about that in the last episode, I was like, okay, let's go. Let's talk about fix. And we want so quick to get to the answers. But as I prayed about this week's episode, what I realized was all that assessment we did in the last one was just the tip of the iceberg. There's more we have to do this week. And we are going to spend time in scripture this week quite a bit. So if you're one that likes to copy down the references, you can go back and study them, get ready. We're going to do several. But we're going to take it another level deeper than we did in the last episode. Those were good things. We had to assess What was fueling our desire to use food for whatever reason we use it? What um, needs were we trying to meet? We had to look on that level and really assess that. Now we're going to add some more layers to that. We're going to start. I'm just going to dive in because I think it'll be easier to explain once it's just out on the table. We're going to start in James chapter 1 with a couple of verses that probably will feel like they have absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. But really, what verses in the Bible really do? (laughs) Oh, that's about food. That's about dieting. That's about body image. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's hardly anything in the scriptures that will apply to what we're doing. But oh, no, that is not true. And that's what we're going to do with the verses that we're using today. In James 1, in verse 14, James says, This is the King James, by the way. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So he's just talking about a process of of a lust conceiving in our heart. An idea, a prospect of chasing something where you're drawn away and enticed and lusting after something. You go chase that thing, which he calls sin because it's a turning from God and a turning to something else for satisfaction. 
And then he says, when you do that, it's not just sin. It's going to bring spiritual death. It's going to bring the consequences of the fall that we all know so well. It's going to have an effect on you when you pursue that sin. What I liked even better, I will say, was the NIV translation of these verses because it it had the word that will tie right into what we've been doing with our journey with food. It says in verse 14 in the NIV, each person is tempted, tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. Now, I know we, we probably don't like that word evil. Like, I really don't want to call my desire for Twinkies evil. That just doesn't feel good. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm not evil. It's not heroin. I didn't get out a gun. Stop with this, JC. <laughs> don't get too worked up. Let's just look at the concept of being drawn away by our own, if you like the word better, deceitful desires, misguided desires. Evil just means opposite from God. And if our desires are pulling us from him and pulling us to food for that fix, for whatever it is, we can call it sin, right? Because we're looking from him, away from him, and trying to find deliverance, comfort, all those things that he's promised to give us, we're trying to find them through something else. So it ties in when we're dragged away, it says, by our own desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. So one point I want to make about this verse is often when we look at our struggles with food, whatever they may look like, I know all of us that are listening to this it may be sugar, maybe sugar addiction like it was for me. It may be night munching. It may be a food, um, an eating disorder. It can look so many, it can have so many faces. So, so just apply your own story as we talk about this today. But we never give it a spiritual slant, do we? We never talk about these things as sin or, or as lust, he used the word lust in terms, in translating um, the word desire. King James calls it lust. And then we think, well, that's not lust. Oh, don't tell me you can't lust for Krispy Kreme donuts. Don't tell me. All the word lust means is if you look it up is a passionate, overpowering craving. So there you go, right? So we don't bring the spiritual slant out of the scriptures and apply it to our battle with food. If we just look at it like a willpower battle, I just like food too much and I need to stop. We don't see it on the level of a sin or, or choose a word that you're comfortable with. Something, a counterfeit that's drawing you away from God and that he has an issue with. And, and these verses say the consequences of looking to something else instead of God it brings spiritual death. Now, that is a whole episode for another day. But what I do want to talk about for just a second, again, we don't think of spiritual death much in terms of how it affects us on a daily, you know, on the, in our daily lives and our routine and, you know, all the stuff we're doing. Oh, I'm spiritually feeling really spiritually dead today. We never do that. But we do talk a lot about this void that we're trying to fill with food. I've heard many people say that. I'm just trying to kind of fill the restlessness, the emptiness, the just that itch and just I'm just feeling like I, I don't have what I need. I'm 
You know, it's an emptiness, a hunger, soul hunger. We've used a lot of different ways to describe that over podcast episodes or in my courses. What if it's just spiritual death wrapped up in the words of void and emptiness? I don't say in the kitchen, I need some brownies to soothe me because my spiritual death is really like messing with me today. But what if we actually opened our eyes to see that again, we say, well, I'm using food for comfort. Yes, that may be exactly what you're doing. But what if it goes even deeper? The void we're trying to fill fill is a spiritual one. Christ is the only one equipped to fill it, to get rid of that void. He's the only one that can overcome spiritual death. But we're looking to a false counterfeit source for that deliverance. Do you see how it soon gets a very spiritual level? And then we can actually fight the battle the right way. I'm going to talk about several other layers of this spiritual battle when it comes to food. Because again, we don't go here very often. Let's let's shoot through a bunch of um, additional scriptures and then maybe tie it all together. So we're dealing with spiritual death because we have sought out counterfeits. We've felt the consequences of that. And so we have that void and that often is what drives, drives us to food. But there's another thing. There's another um, perspective in play here that we sometimes um, miss. Let's go to Romans chapter 7, which is actually for me, it was always a very difficult chapter because my denomination uses the King James and it's kind of confusing and I could never wrap my brain around it. And it wasn't until I started to read it in other translations and study it a little more that I went, oh my gosh, I totally relate to what he's saying. Um, we're going to use the NIV again for Romans 7. Now, I've talked about this before. If you want to look it up online, you just type in NIV and the, the scripture reference and you can find where I'm reading. There's an app called the One, One Bible app. It's green. It has a little number one on it. And you can find all those translations if you want to follow along. In Romans 7, Paul is, talk about, Paul is talking about his predicament. And it's the same predicament that we're in, in this battle with food and other things. It's the human predicament, the human condition as a result of the fall. He says, we know that the law is spiritual. This is verse 14. Sorry, I didn't tell you that's where I was starting. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. And this is how he describes what that looks like. I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Isn't that the battle with food? I have sat as a coach in front of people again and again and again. And they look at me and they say, I don't. I don't know why. I don't want to act like this. I don't want to eat like this. Why can't I stop? That's what Paul just said. For what I want to do, eat healthy, take care of myself, dot, dot, dot. I don't do that. He said, but what I hate, binging, getting out of control, and and all the bloating and sluggishness and how awful I feel after that, what I hate, I do. So Paul is nailing this. Again, Like I said, we often think, well, my battle with food isn't in the scriptures. Boy, there it is right there. Paul's Paul's describing what we all go through. We don't want to live like this, but for some reason, we don't know why we can't stop. Um, Let's keep going. He says, uh, and if I do what I do not want to do, 
I agree the law is good. I want to keep the law, he says. But as it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. It's that natural man. It's that fleshly side of us that is drawn to sin. He says in 18, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature. In this natural man part of me, it isn't good. And I can't seem to control it to save my life. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Boom. Boom. <laughs> like, like, did he just sum it up or what? See, again, people sitting in my office saying, I don't, I don't understand why I can't stop. What if we actually brought the context in, context in because this is a gospel-centered podcast where we can say, well, your natural man's alive and well today. Your flesh is winning you don't have control of the flesh. You're binging. You're out of control. It's like the rest of us. And again, we could do it with food, with money, with social media, with TV, with, I mean, anything, right? The flesh gets out of control and we're like, oh, I promised myself I wasn't going to do that. It's a very strong, very powerful side of us. And then we don't, we wonder, we just don't make the connection for why we can't move forward. Why we can't break those patterns? Because we're looking on the surface level. We're just saying, well, I'm, I'm just weak. I don't have willpower. I, we don't say the flesh is so powerful. The will is there, but I just keep giving in. The natural man is real. And I'm finding out for myself <laughs> that is why my Savior gave his life for me. Because I can't, I can't kick this on my own, not even for a day. I mean, even yelling at your kids, right? All kinds of different manifestations of the natural man of the flesh side of us. We know that we failed in trying to rein this in, trying to get control. It applies to food as well. Even an eating disorder, anorexia doesn't always have to be the binging side. I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. That which why I hate, I do. I, I'm bulimic. I, that which I hate, I do. And I don't understand what I can't, why I can't stop. Well, right here and now is the moment to embrace the idea that yes, you have a natural man. And no, you can't overcome it on your own. No, you can't. <laughs> that That is why Jesus Christ exists. That is his mission to empower you to overcome that. And we've been fighting this battle on our own, in our own strength. And we failed and failed and failed. It's because we didn't understand what the battle really was. Yes, it has to do with our desires, like we talked about in the last episode. But it also has to do with the flesh, the natural man. That's a consequence of our sin that James just said. When you sin, when you look to these things, when you turn to these things rather than God, it brings about spiritual death. You're stuck with this nature, this sinful nature, Paul calls it, that's kind of out of control. Sometimes we can clean it up enough to kind of sh- pretend with others that we got our acted together. But deep down, like you see yourself like at midnight opening the fridge and eating that whole tub of frosting. Like, you know, you know your moments <laughs> or whatever. It's very real. Now let's add a third layer. Okay. We're just going deeper and deeper and deeper. Like I, like I said, think of the simple verse in First Peter 5. Verse 8. Oh, did I turn to the wrong one? <laughs> I marked the wrong one. Oh, hang in there with me just for a minute. I went to Second Peter in my scriptures. <laughs> there it is. Be sober, be vigilant, he says. 
Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So no, okay, let's look at all of this put together. Not only do we have deceitful, deceitful desires in our own heart that are driving us to food for misguided reasons, and that's what we have already looked at. We have a fleshly side, a natural man that is very powerful and can just take over some days where we just sin and we don't want to, just like Paul said in Romans 7, I hate it, but I, I can't stop. I keep doing it. Then add to it, you have an adversary who very much wants to keep you in bondage in this area. He watches the, the havoc this wreaks in your life. He knows and he does not want you to find freedom from this, healing from this. And so he's going to even heap on more to work it in every way possible to keep you turning to that false comfort. To keep you stuck in that eating disorder, to keep you binging at midnight and look and going, because then you feel like a failure even more. You just more shame, more guilt. He just gets a kick out of that. That's how he devours us. So this battle is no joke. Like, can you see now why some of us, like, we'll go decades and be like, you know, I don't know why I can't overcome this. I've been fighting this and I've thrown a ton at it. Every new diet, every bestseller. I've gotten, I've done this. I've done that. I've tried to help someone keep me, get someone to be accountable. I've had workout buddies. I've had, and yet those moments, they come back and there we are again, stuck in that same place. Because this is not just a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And if we don't attack it on that level, if we don't fight with the right weapons, no, we're not going to get anywhere ever. It's never going to change. You'll just do another diet next January 1st or starting the first of next month. You'll do another diet. You may do good for a while. You know, and, and you may find a little bit of success and then something will happen just like it always does. And it'll derail you, the weight will come back, the habits will come back, the patterns will come back, and then we'll spiral into even deeper shame because there we are having failed again, but we didn't approach it with the right weapons. We've used, um, I'm trying to think, I'm sorry, I'm sitting here flipping through scriptures while I'm talking. I've used this, this uh, passage a lot, but let's pull it out again um, just for the sake of driving this point home because in in second corinthians 10 paul talks about this he says though we walk in the flesh we don't war after the flesh except the problem is we have been fighting the food battle in the flesh with our willpower with our best efforts in our own strength but he says no yes you walk in the flesh but you don't war in the flesh and that's what i'm trying to point out today is this battle is not just a fleshly battle or excuse me a physical battle it goes a lot deeper than that. And he describes that. He says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or worldly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Boy, isn't that a good term to describe what most of us feel like when it comes to food, the battle with food? It's a stronghold. It's just, I can't, I can beat on it and beat on it and beat on it, but it's a brick wall and I haven't even made one brick fall down. 
But he says, no, you fight with the right weapons. And then actually you can pull down those strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So he's touching on the path that we're going to spend probably many episodes outlining what those weapons look like, how this battle can unfold, how we can make it spiritual and physical. Now, I do believe there's a physical component. My body, for instance, was physically addicted to sugar. I couldn't just pray. <laughs> there were some, some things the Lord specifically led me to that healed my body. So I had to address it on the physical level. I'm not saying we just ignore all the food rules and diets. And No, there's some components there that we'll talk about. You do have to look at the day-in, day-out routine of how you handle food. But if the way we're fueling this moving forward is not done in the spiritual realm with the Lord empowering us and strengthening us, we're not going to get anywhere. It's just going to be another diet. It's just going to be another willpower driven set of goals that will crash and burn eventually. Only he possesses the power to lift us above the lusts of our flesh and in Romans 7, like Paul, to get to the point where we can do what we want and we don't do what we hate. I've thrown a lot at you this episode. I didn't get near as far as I thought I would. Man, it's jam-packed. We're talking about a lot right now. But again, don't worry about it. If you need to listen to it again, go back through. Look up those scriptures for, for yourself. I, I, I know we're going to build on this. That, Like I said, that's where this is going each episode building on the other. But please, like, don't jump in too quick. Study these verses. Journal a bit. Think about your natural man and how your battle with the lusts of your flesh has gone. How you've fought it in the past. When you've seen it manifesting in your life. How have you tried to make changes? How Have you ever seen true transformation? What has that looked like? And then we're going to go and build on this now that we understand the depth of the battle. So spend that time and then please come back, join me in the next episode.